feel real good, all right? Most dope. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. One, two, three, Welcome in to From the Nosebleeds. Vince Lobiano coming at you live with Patrick O'Leary and Taylor behind the virtual glass this week, as you can tell. Uh, no Seamus. He, uh, A, we aren't in person because of uh, COVID again. It seems to be running rampant through the show all the time. Not on my end this time, but... And then uh, Seamus, his Wi-Fi is... Uh, Dog I don't shit. even know how to describe it. <laughs> Dog shit. He has a, he has an iPhone seven or something. I think yeah, that's he, a... he lives in a. I don't know. You think he lives in like rural, rural uh, Pennsylvania? The way he gets no internet service, but it is what it is. Welcome into the show. Um, we had an exciting weekend of football, an exciting uh, Sixers game that I was at last night. So there is a lot of stuff to talk about here, and uh, I guess we'll just get right into it, Pat. Um, this weekend was the AFC and NFC championship games. Obviously, everyone knows. We don't need to say it. The 49ers took a L to the Rams, and the Bengals are somehow going to the Super Bowl over the Chiefs, which I don't think anyone thought. Right off the bat, I was right off the bat. I was wrong. I took a. I did take the Rams, but I took the Chiefs. Silly me. I should have known to never doubt Joe Burrow in a need to have it game because he just seems to always win them. Never bet against your heart. Uh, yeah, I, I keep learning that weekly that I uh, need to actually take my own advice on that one. Great, great Philly uh, accent name, Joe Burrow. <laughs> Local accent, Joe Burrow. Nah, but uh, that I guess yeah. That just to quickly recap that game, like the chief, the 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 main takeaway from that is just the Chiefs. Like, just what happened in the second half? I mean, yeah, the the Chiefs like went completely flat. You had uh, yeah. like two of the best offensive weapons, three of the best offensive weapons in the game. And I remember in the first quarter and a half, like t- kind of beginning of the second quarter, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna get ugly." Yeah. Like, and then credit to this guy because we shit on him. Everyone shits on him, and he kind of sucks. Uh, Eli Apple made probably like one of the biggest plays of the game, if not the biggest play, because. Uh, you know, the Chiefs get the ball back after half and they have one last possession where they're driving. And Eli, I guess instead of just taking the three points, Andy Reid's like, fuck it, we're like going to step on their neck here, go for the touchdown. They throw a screen behind the line and basically just basically one of those plays like here, Tyreek, here's the ball, like get in the end zone. And uh, Eli Apple stepped up and made a play for once in his career. Yeah, I mean, shout out to him for one play because he got burned the rest of the day. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I was rooting for Andy. You know, I, I, I always you got root for a little Andy. Bit. Some, some people in this city, they don't root for Andy because he didn't win it here. But yeah. I'll always root for Big Red. But um, And then on the other side, uh, the 49ers-Rams game was a little little weirder. Like, uh, definitely, like. Sloppy. I don't know if I would – yeah, sloppy from both teams. I mean, you have Jimmy Garoppolo playing, so you're not really surprised by that. And he just – I am I feel like it's so, like, confusing how he always makes it this far when he actually plays. Yeah. Because he just at times is just begging, like, to – like, I feel like – um I forget how many exactly, but I think in this game he had, like, six or seven, like, turnover-worthy plays. You know, PFF, like, does that equation or whatever, and, like – it's constant that he is doing that kind of shit. Yeah. Listen, Matt Stafford does the same thing. Obviously, late in the game, he throws he throws a pick that is just dropped by uh, yep. the safety on the Niners. Chris name I can't remember. That was yeah, like, there you go. It was like the most injury-showing toss of like the whole season. Yeah. yeah. And it was he, he hits that like yeah. 
almost it was every a very time. Forced throw. Like I don't know what he was even thinking. That was double coverage. And yeah. Speaking but, of injury stuff like that, injury throws, let's say. Um Jimmy G's gotta stop throwing hospital passes to his guys. Ooh, dude, he's gonna stop <laughs> Debo killed. Debo Debo is on his back like four times during that game. Dude, he is I was... your only weapon at that point. He's the only thing keeping that team afloat. Yeah. Kittle was... is like barely like Kittle caught the touchdown, but he was not very existent for most yeah. of the game. Uh, remember when Kittle versus Kelsey was like a legit argument? Yeah, that that's yeah. that that never should have been a thing. But I was I bragging. Mean, I say Kittle, that. Um, Kittle is good, but Kelsey that. is so much more consistent. He also has one of the best quarterbacks. In the yeah, league. I think that's that that's, that's that's a good point. That's that's, that's an offensive it. system. Yeah, yeah. You're not okay. You're not wrong. And I was, Shanahan loves his running backs. So. I was in the middle of bragging to my fantasy league, my one fantasy league, about how I'm getting to keep Debo Samuel in a late round because I scooped him up late, and then Jimmy G throws a hospital pass, and I'm like, oh, Debo just died. <laughs> I'm like, I shouldn't have opened my mouth because now he's he's done forever. Yeah. But no, that that dude's a tough son of a bitch. Seeing him cry on the bench after the game uh, like, hit hard because, I mean, he was the. It's, it's not often that like a wide receiver like is like carrying your team the way he carried this team. Like they wouldn't be here without him because he does it yeah. all. His yeah. versatility in the run and pass game. But um, I guess let's just look forward and talk like what's next for like the Niners. Like yeah. obviously, like I, I saw today there were reports that they're looking for trades with Jimmy G and him and his people are working with the team to do that. What team do you think like is like? Oh, we're a Jimmy G away from competing. Like, like <laughs> what mean, team is really targeting him? Uh, I have no idea, honestly. This I point, have no maybe idea the either. Texans, like, the especially Texans like might. in a year, especially in a year where like the top trade, like uh, prospect pieces are like Russ, Aaron Rodgers. Like, you're mm. shooting for them guys. If you don't land one of them, is it really worth it to like settle for Jimmy G? I mean. You've seen flashes of what he could be, so if you get him in the right system, you never know. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I just don't know how much more of like a better system you could be in than a Kyle Shanahan offense. Like, I don't I mean? know. I mean, for him, for him specifically, I think it's not the greatest offense because he Kyle Shanahan probably likes having running quarterbacks. Let's be honest. The way he uses Debo, the way he likes to run the ball as much as he does, I'm sure yeah, he prefers which, a Trey Lance to a Jimmy yeah. G. Which we'll not, to, in the future not to backtrack back to the game or anything. But like this is, I guess, a critique of the whole Niners' whole season. One thing I didn't understand in the playoffs and even late in the regular season with the Niners is if you watch them earlier in the year for, like, I'd say like half the season, maybe a little bit more, they would throw in uh, Trey Lance every now and then for a, a gadget play here and there. And then, like, they just completely went away from that in the second to late half of the year and in the playoffs. Like, didn't do it at all. And it doesn't I, make any yeah. sense because it was – you know, it wasn't obviously not always going to be successful, but it, for the most part, those kind of plays worked. And like you just said, a Trey Lance type quarterback is better suited in this offense. So like, even if you only put him out there for a play or two, like, I don't know why they just completely abandoned that this season because it was working for them. I think a lot of that was because they didn't want to either risk getting him hurt this year, just running him on plays, and then. Also, they were kind of just throwing him out there early to see what he could do. And obviously, he did do well in those kind of plays. But, again, I don't think they fully trusted his arm a lot this year because the games he did start and play in, he didn't look phenomenal throwing the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, No. So, I think 
putting him in there, people are just like, oh, they're going to run it. Let's just rush the quarterback. Like, right. that's just a given. So, and I mean, uh, this is like a cliche you could say about so many teams, but the Niners are the Niners are legit a quarterback away. Like, they have a very complete team. Like, you got a, a gr- you got a good O line, uh, like led by Trent Williams, who's obviously fucking amazing. And then you have, you know, weapons at receiver in Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. You have one of the league's top tight ends. You have a great run game behind Elijah Mitchell, who was a steal in the draft. And then on the other side, you have a good uh, defense. Like, you got pieces here and there. Like, Jimmy Ward is a stud. Like, so, like, literally, if you had a more dynamic quarterback on this team, like, a quarterback that doesn't throw up, like you said, hospital balls and turnover-worthy plays, like, all game long, like, who knows what they could have done, but I guess that uh, we're going to figure out if Trey Lance is that next year. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he's going to have a lot of work to do in the offseason, just like a quarterback that we know and love. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think he'll hopefully step into that role for them. I don't know, like you said, where the hell Jimmy G is going to go at this point because yeah. I think he'll go to a team that doesn't really – like have a chance of competing. It doesn't isn't a quarterback away. I like feel like Jimmy kind of G stuff. would make so much sense on like the Panthers or yeah. some shit like that. Like <laughs> just like knows? just a very mid team coming um, in with like a new coach. Yeah, he's, who knows? He's the Tom Brady replacement again in uh, Tampa Bay. <laughs> I was literally Tampa just Bay. thinking that when we were when we were just talked about it. I was like, oh my god! Imagine if he went and just succeeded yeah, Tom again. <laughs> we're not gonna shit on them too much, but uh, I hope they're ready to go back to the bottom of. The NFL probably. That, but, um, that's the craziest part. Real quick, um, I just want to say that before Tom Brady got to Tampa, that place, first of all, is not a football town. They were begging people to go to buy season tickets before Tom Brady got there. What the fuck are they going to do now? Yeah, I, <laughs> that was their main attraction. But we're going to talk about that situation yeah. more in yeah. depth. But uh, on the other side of the losing uh, record here, we have the Chiefs who like – Predicting what's next for them is way more confusing than the Niners because, like, there's not – like, they're probably not going to change much. Yeah. Like, the team the team is well-constructed. Obviously, you have a good coaching staff in place as long as, you know, the enemy, like, it doesn't take a coaching job, which I haven't heard any buzz about. So, like, not much is going to change for this team, but, like, you have to look at that second half and be like, well, what, what the hell happened? Yeah, especially compared to the second half last week. Like, yes, yeah, yeah you, you know, you look at the two playoff games, or yeah, you look at the two playoff games back to back and see how well they played against the Bills at the end of the game. And then this week against probably, not even probably, statistically an inferior defense, like what happened? Yeah, no, I mean, they're just really, I don't have any answers there. I think it came down to just the right people being in the right places for the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that interception was a little bit of a freak thing. Um, mm-hmm. Realistically, uh, even with that interception at the end, it's pretty much the same as a punt. So it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. There, it was on third down. It's really not that big a deal. He basically just punted it. Yeah, it's just uh, like, and then you conf- expect your defense to hold up, and they don't. Obviously, yeah. but it just confuses me sometimes when you see like teams have a night and day difference in halves, like especially when it's bad, like. I can see, like, you know, you're getting your ass kicked at halftime. You get a fired-up speech from your coach. You come out and you play great. I I get very confused when a team is playing great and comes out of half, like, just flat. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the momentum shifted specifically in that game just because you had – it was 21-3, to and then the next thing you know, it's 21-10, to and then next yeah. thing you know, you don't get the touchdown or a field goal at the like, end there. Yeah, I so think the, like, momentum, the momentum shift mm-hmm. just – 
Absolutely wiped yeah. them, I think. I felt the momentum shift a lot after the Chiefs' first possession of the second half where they walked away with uh, no points. I think it was, I don't think it was a three and out, but they punted. Because uh, you look at the the last the, those two possessions, the one right before half and the one right after. The Chiefs were up, what, 21-3, right? The Chiefs could have scored two touchdowns or even just anything, and like that would have put the nail in the coffin for this game, yeah. most likely. And instead, the Bengals were able to hold them to, to nothing mm-hmm. in those two drives. And that was really where... You know, the difference was made, and I guess that was when I felt the momentum. And I was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't like where this is going." Mahomes was like terrified to rush, like that yeah. entire game. He had yeah. and at, at the end of the game, he was holding on to the ball way too long. Yeah, he had. Yeah, then that's something you usually don't. I mean, you can see that out of him. Let's be honest. He had what a twenty-nine yard sack. One yeah, time. But, because but, he he's so used to making magic happen mm-hmm. when he holds on to the ball that sometimes it's a bad thing because he doesn't know when to give up on a play. Reminds me again of another NFC's quarterback we used to have, but uh, <laughs> but but like Carson would like hold the ball with like nothing pick. really going on. Like Mahomes on no, a good yeah. on a good example, he will run around for a minute, find someone in the back of the end zone, and throw a dot to them. But like sometimes, like in this game at the end of the game specifically, you're holding on to the ball, and I don't know what the hell the Bengals secondary was doing, but they were doing a great job because dropped no three one back. Was yeah, no one was getting open. So, like, Mahomes has to look down the field, see that, and realize, like, yeah, dude, I know that I'm incredible, but I should probably just dip this off before I take a fucking 15-yard yeah. sack. Yeah, he had he had 50 more rushing yards compared to last week. Yeah, it's, it's, it was crazy. But uh, it all, I guess, like, this can be our transition into the, the Super Bowl here. But, like, it all kind of leads me to believe, like, this fucking Bengals team is like a team of destiny. Yeah, they got 2017 Eagles vibes. <laughs> We're just going to say that about every championship yep. game. Yeah, Except that was the best offensive line ever, and this might be the worst, <laughs> the worst. offensive line ever. Yeah. And that's yeah. a huge topic for this game. Like, yeah. like um, it's just hard to have, feel like they're meant to be here. Yeah, you, but that, like I was just saying, that you probably have one of the best D-lines in football right now. Oh, I think it's I think going up against probably the is the best. Line. Yeah. I mean, you got Aaron Donald, who – Aaron Donald against anyone is like a kind of matchup you have to like just assume you're screwed, even if you have a good O lineman up against him. Like it's Aaron Donald, he's the best defensive player in the game. Mm-hmm. But in this matchup specifically, even if you get double team Aaron Donald, there's still a solid shot he's getting through to your quarterback. And then you have Von Miller off the edge, so how do you even double team Aaron yeah. Donald? Like you really can't. So like this Bengals offensive line, which has been Swiss cheese, like I don't love them up against the Rams here. Yeah, no. It's 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 really tough to see. From a betting really standpoint, anything. I think, what is it, Taylor? You would know, minus four, four and a half. Four and a half. Like, I don't know how to predict this game, even from not a gambling standpoint, just any standpoint. Because, yeah. like, it feels like the Bengals have all this juice right now. And, like I just said, they feel like a team of destiny. But when, like, you look on paper, like, it's kind of night and day. The talent on the roster is, like – the Rams went all in this year, like, and that's their biggest storyline for me is like, what do they do, win or lose here? Because like, they went all in, and like, obviously, if you win, you're not really that worried about it. But like, you don't have a lot of first round picks in the next however many years, like twenty four you know, or twenty twenty four. Like, yeah, like you kind of mortgaged your future here. So like, it's gonna be interesting to see like how the Rams move forward again, win or lose. And then, like, my other main takeaway from this game for the Rams is Matt Stafford. Like, I love Matt Stafford, and I'm glad that he's here. And, you know, 
like I liked him in Detroit. I always felt like they held him back a little bit, and I think he's kind of proved that this year by. But he's he's played very well. I said pre-show he he has a lot of plays where he seems like he's trying to give it away. Like again against the yeah. Niners, where he threw a terrible pick that was dropped. Luckily, mm-hmm. but um, it's like. In this big moment, like how will he handle it? Will he make that mistake again? Will that end up biting them in the ass? We'll we'll see. I mean, he just better hope that Eli Apple is on his worst game. I mean, that's like all I can say. Eli Apple because... on his Eli Apple on his best game is probably still going to get yeah. put on skates by Cooper Cup. Yeah, I mean Cooper Cup. So yeah, that's another thing too. Cooper Cup only needs like 161 yards, I think, to break the playoff receiving record. Yeah. So he's gonna be gunning for that. I know that uh I know that MVP is like a very, you know, quarterback slanted award, but mm-hmm. like I think that Rams Niners game was like the biggest example of like two non quarterbacks like being the absolute motor for their teams between yes. Debo and Cooper Cup. Because obviously Debo does everything, run, catch, takes a, a screen that should have been a couple yard gain for a forty yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup, he was a third third down monster converting they were throwing them pretty much every third down, which was a lot. And I just feel like, yeah, it's a, it's a, been a great year for them two guys. And, like, I know it's so quarterback slanted, but, like, Cooper Cup should at least be, like, getting some recognition for, like, a maybe MVP. Yeah. I mean, he almost broke the uh, single-season receiving yard record. So, I think he was, like, 40 yards off of that or something, maybe even, like, 10. But um, I, I really think that the Rams are just going to run all over this. Like, I don't know. I just <laughs> so, you, you think the Rams win – win likes by enough yeah yeah honestly, he, honestly i don't want them to but yeah. i uh, think yeah. like remember we said we said you gotta bet with your your brain not your heart and that's why i don't bet. i don't want this to bite me <laughs> in the ass again because i did it a couple weeks ago but if i was betting with my brain here i would bet on the rams mm-hmm. my heart is with the bengals i would love to see the bengals win because how cool would that be that joe burrow Comes out of college as, you know, the guy who just had the greatest uh, college football season for a quarterback ever. Wins the Heisman, throws 60 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, wins the wins the uh, national championship, and then comes into the NFL. That shitty O-line is letting him get cooked. He tears his ACL. Uh, team goes 4-11. and In his first year as a full, like, as a full starter, Super Bowl. And uh, possibly, you know, obviously if he won, like, that is crazy. And he would be the first player ever to win a Heisman. Yep. Uh, the national championship and a Super Bowl, and he would have done it in only three years. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, is one that's hell one of a storyline for the Bengals there. And then, like, how, I just think it's so cool that the Bengals went from not winning a playoff game in 31 years to the having Bowl. the chance to take the Super Bowl <laughs> home. But no, like you said, I, I hate to say it, but like, I, yeah, I think the Rams are going to win. Yeah, I mean, you can't not. I, I just, I really don't see them. I know Joe ran away a lot from the D lineman of Kansas City last week, but yeah. Von Miller's one of those guys that can literally cover wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say like they does they, that in practice. They don't have Aaron Donald speed. That's the difference. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, not no disrespect to the Chiefs D line, they are also a top tier D line, but like everything is thrown at the window when you're talking about Aaron Donald. Like he's going to go down as one of the best D tackles like ever. Yeah, like, he is unreal from a standpoint of like. He's agile, like as in, like you know, he's got speed. He's able to get around people, but he's also just able to bulldoze through you. Yeah, doesn't really make any sense. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah. have Von Miller, who's pretty much the same way. Yeah, like, and then, yeah. And this isn't even this isn't even guys. prime Von Miller anymore. He's still like, a, a stud. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I'm gonna feel bad there. Like, I hope 
obviously this is going to make or break the game for the Rams here, this D-line. But, like, I really would hate to see a Super Bowl where it's, like, real boring and it's just Joe Burrow getting crushed all game and, you know, the Bengals. Because, like, so it's very – Titans game. <laughs> yeah, it's very possible that the Bengals, like, could just get nothing going on offense because yeah. of how disruptive this D-line is. And that would be – it would be really boring to watch, like, a blowout or something in the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. you know, I think the last one I can even remember was uh, Seahawks-Broncos and, like, that that's that Super Bowl stunk out loud. I mean, you could even say last year with the uh, Bucks and the yeah yeah, yeah uh, true Chiefs, true true. Because I mean, the Chiefs didn't do shit that game. But listen, hey, you know, I went into the Chiefs uh, the the AFC Championship game thinking that there was no possible way the Bengals would beat yeah. the Chiefs because on paper the Chiefs are a way better roster, way better team. They had the experience, and the Chiefs just, uh, the Bengals just completely proved me and a lot of people wrong. Mm-hmm. And now we're in a game here where neither team really has much. Experience, or I don't think any is either. Is either has either team have many players that have been in the Super Bowl? I think I can't Von even Miller, think. Von Miller uh, is the biggest one because he's a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, well, I mean, a, a, a lot of the guys on the Rams because they were they were golf a couple yeah. years ago. Defensive, oh, right, 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 defensively, right. at least, yeah. yeah right, right, yeah. right, right. I forgot about the. I forgot. I, can, I completely that wiped Super that Super Bowl too. from my mind because of because that was Super a terrible Super Bowl yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, please forgive me for forgetting that Super Bowl ever happened. So yeah, actually, actually, that even makes me lean in the Rams' direction further because this coaching staff has the experience of being here. So. That but it is it is Sean McVay, and apparently he has a call with Doc Rivers every other week. So I mean, mm. yeah, I saw that today on Twitter, and I was like, oh man, I don't know. Wait, that <laughs> wasn't Sean a McVay. joke. No, that was. They are like very close. They're very good friends. Apparently, they call each other like once every two weeks or every week or something. Doc uses his uh, one phone call from jail a week to talk <laughs> to Sean McVay. Yep, but no, I mean, like, the, I mean, like also like. More, sh- Sean McVay has not made many like he's he's made some mistakes on the stretch here too. He was awful last Niners week. Game. What was that? He was awful last week. Yeah, like exactly. So like, as good as he like is uh, reprimanded to be, like as good as he's considered, like um, he's made some mistakes down the stretch in these playoffs. So like, my trust isn't completely with him, but I th- definitely think it matters that he's been here. I guess, yeah, and yeah. you know, played against Belichick also, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm definitely going to be rooting for the Bengals. I'm going to put on my LSU Joe Burrow jersey and just hope for the best. I'm going to hope for a good game because at the end of the day, if the Rams win, I'll be happy for Matt Stafford. Yeah, but that's it. That's just really that's really as far as it goes because there's no LA football fans really. Mm-hmm. And then like. I'll kind of oh, be God. I'll kind of be laughing at OBJ or at uh, Baker Mayfield Ooh, too. But yeah, <laughs> if they OBJ's dad's got to be considered for executive of the year in the NFL. I know. I know. I mean, All you have to do is throw together a video, and his son was gone a week later. <laughs> imagine a world where OBJ wins the Super Bowl MVP. Oh my God! Baker would actually <laughs> uh, that would, for like two hundred yards. What a what a turnaround for him that'd be. But, Aaron, uh, Aaron Donald plus sixteen hundred for Super Bowl MVP is pretty juicy. That is great odds because, like I said, Matt Stafford might make a dumbass play at some point, throw like an egregious interception, and Aaron Donald might walk away from this game with like three sacks. Yeah, if it's if it's a shutout, the defensive guys usually get that nod. Yeah, yeah, and then. I completely forgot about the other star on the defense for the Rams. Like you got, you got Jalen Ramsey, who's probably going to shadow Jamar Chase, and obviously, mm-hmm. uh, boy, uh, not Boyd, uh, T. Higgins has proved like you know Chase isn't the only. Obviously, Chase is a level above, but T. Higgins is also a very good wide receiver. So like 
shutting down Jamar Chase doesn't completely take away the aerial attack of the Bengals, but mm-hmm. it takes away a lot of the dynamic playmaking at that yeah. position. And the other thing too is Uzama's hurt. So I was like, about to, I, yeah, I can't pronounce his name. I can never. Higby might be back. Higby, yeah, Higby might be back, which is huge for the Rams. But right, uh, Uzama being out because that's he had I think like six receptions for like sixty yeah, yards he, over the two. One of one of Burrow's favorite targets because you know yeah. when he's 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 good over the middle in like the short to mid range passes because Burrow's usually getting crushed. Has yeah. to get the ball out somewhat quick. And that's where T Higgins actually really stepped in last week, but. Do you want him doing that? Like, yeah, exactly. That's what it sucks. So, like, I just think I think the star power is going to be just too much. Like, because, like we said, you got the D line killing Burrow. You got Jalen Ramsey on your best receiver, and then on the flip side, you have Matt Stafford who has had a great year, and then you have OBJ and Cooper Cup, and your best corner is like, I don't even. You have Eli Apple out there. Like, yeah, he's got to cover somebody. So. Yeah, um, I guess like final predictions here, Pat. Who, who are you taking in this game? I mean, I have to go Rams. I don't want them to win, but I want. Uh, Do you think I, they I cover Rams? Four and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would take them at seven and a half. Taylor, what do you think? <laughs> Rams will be the second team to win in their home stadium. Yeah, I, yeah, doesn't gonna, count as home field for them. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Rams, and I, I I agree with you guys. I think they cover four and a half. I think they win by like a touchdown. Yeah. Or something like that. Maybe, maybe more. Like honestly, like I don't know. I'm I'm very torn, but I'll go like yeah, they're gonna cover easily four and a half, I think. Yeah. Also, sure. very weird that fifty four Super Bowls, no home teams in the last year or two. It, it makes you think. It really right. makes you think about the script in the NFL. And then um <laughs> I guess we'll get yeah, the NFL scripted, but hey, at least it's a good script. Yeah. But um to to transition to another point, I guess we'll talk about a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. Uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers just lost a uh, just lost a legend. Tom Brady decided to call it a career today after a controversial uh, reporting on Saturday by Adam Schefter, who has to feel like the most vindicated man in the world right now. Oh, I know. I mean, he, he just getting, saved his own job. He was getting <laughs> killed on Twitter. Everything he tweeted after that, everyone in his comments, like, you sure about that? You sure? You sure? Yeah. And then, yeah, he gets vindicated today. But Tom Brady calls it a career. And honestly, I'm – like I'm, I said this on Twitter. I can't say I was ever the biggest fan of Brady. You know, I shit on him all the time. I made fun of yeah. him. I hated on him. But like, I do feel lucky that I got to see the greatest football player of all time. Like, I got to see the whole duration of his career because from the time that I had conscious memories until literally he just lost his last game, Tom Brady's been dominating the NFL. Yeah, I mean, so like, for me, it's like the same kind of feeling as like Kobe or LeBron for me, honestly, because I. Didn't I've never really liked either of them. LeBron I've liked more and more over the years, but I never really liked either of them, but I respected the shit out of them. It's the same thing with Tom Brady. I fucking hate him, but you have to respect the dude. I mean, he has more Super Bowls than every Most, franchise yeah. in the NFL. So Which, It's crazy, like, all the, you know, everything that – all the accolades he's had. And I mean, the dude was drafted in the sixth round. Like, he wasn't yeah. even supposed to start. Yeah, and he came in and he did exactly what Nick Foles did. He won the Super Bowl as a backup. Yeah. And Nick Foles it, against him, but <laughs> I mean, there's not really too much that we can say that everyone hasn't said already. He's the greatest quarterback ever. He's the greatest football player ever. There's an argument for him, like as the greatest, like most accomplished athlete ever. Yeah, it's and no one, no one will probably ever touch his rings. I mean, who, who the hell else do you? Who even thought one player would win seven championships in the yeah, NFL? No. I mean, 
definitely not. In the, I, it's very hard to do it in the NFL. It's probably the hardest one to do because yeah, the I mean, careers no, don't tend to yeah. be as long. No statistic shows that more than what you just said. He has more Super Bowl rings than every other franchise. Yep. Every franchise. Like, it's yep. it's unreal. But, uh, you know, Tom, we're not going to miss you because we're tired. We were tired of you dominating, you know. Yep. You, had to, you had to do this eventually. I mean, and honestly, I do respect that he uh, went out like this rather than like crawling out like a former shell of himself, which I know he said he never wanted to do. Yeah. So, you know, respect I mean, him. he went out and this, the, the part that sucks right now is they might just fucking give him the MVP because he retired. Yeah. I was he literally went out on MVP season. Hmm, I didn't no, think they, about they that. At all. Yeah. Like, like they might, but that might be the greatest storyline. It's like, Oh, the guy retired on an MVP season and you know, I, the NFL, I came on this, eat that up. Yeah. I came on this podcast, I think last show and I argued Brady for MVP, yeah. but I will say, if they are going to get, if they were going to give it to Rodgers on Friday, it shouldn't have changed because Brady retired. Like that, yes. you don't let that narrative change the MVP. If you were going to give it to Rodgers, you stick with your gut. You give it to him. Don't don't do that. But yeah. if he was, if Brady was going to win it, then hey, what a cool way to go out. I mean, he went out on a great year. I mean, I know there was an extra game, but the numbers he put up were insane. And, and it's not even about the extra game, really, because I mean, he had like what five straight games with four plus touchdowns in each game. Yeah. Like that's absurd, right? It would have been nice for I'm sh- I'm sure he would have loved to go out on a Super Bowl win, but uh, thankfully for everyone else, he didn't get an eighth because we don't need the rich to get richer here. Yeah, and really just put that thing out of reach. But uh, I guess it's interesting for what the Bucks are going to do now because I guess the tr- the Kyle Trask era has begun. It's playing Gabber to du- or bust, dude. <laughs> Kyle Trask is the future, brother. But uh, no, I don't know what they're going to do because, like you said, like. They were not struggling a, to sell yeah. tickets, and that They're was not with, a football town at yeah. all. So, I don't know. I mean, a Bucks fans, you know, if any of you are listening, uh, have fun wallowing back down in pity with the rest of us. They're going to be. Back I hope you enjoyed. Again. I hope Tom Brady, you know, treated you right for two years. And also, it was very interesting that Tom Brady, no mention of the Patriots, Patriots yep. fans, Robert Kraft, or Bill Belichick in his. What was it like eight eight slide Instagram post yeah. where he had like sixteen paragraphs? Yeah, and then on Twitter, Robert Kraft tweeted out mm-hmm. a thank you, or the Patriots tweeted out a thank you to Tom Brady, and he did a quick like, much thanks, love guys. Pats Nation, like thanks, yeah. basically just like a thanks. Like the funniest the, part about that, things is, there must have been worse than we know. I mean, I don't know how much bad blood there was between him and Bill. Obviously, nobody will probably ever know. Unless Brady comes out and does a thirty for thirty on it, but um, no, I mean I I was cracking up because I just went and started scrolling the uh, replies of that tweet, and it was just all Pats fans fighting with each other. Like some people were like, "Guys, he said he said goodbye and like thank you two years ago to us when he left," and other people were like, "Fuck that, I don't care about that." He literally like was with us, for blah, blah, blah. and it's like people were just going off in the replies and it made my day. It made I would, you know, I can only hope that one day Tom Brady gives his Hall of Fame speech and doesn't even mention the Patriots. <laughs> Could you imagine? Or Belichick or Kraft? Oh man, that which would it, it confused me because him and Kraft are boys. I know that at least. Yeah, like, yeah. I, th- so I, I think like, I think it's because Belichick hated uh, his doctor, who's not a doctor, Alex Guerrero, or telling him Davis. everything that he should be doing, and it's like, no, get the fuck well, yeah, out of here. I also heard a lot of reports that in 2018. Uh, Belichick wanted to trade Brady and just roll with Garoppolo, and yeah. Kraft said no, yeah. and Brady kind of took that personally. And, like, honestly, 
when you look back at that season, they won the Super Bowl. So obviously you're like, damn, bad take, Bill. But like, <laughs> which Tom is Brady, rare at that point, Tom Brady was like 41 years old. Who could have predicted he would still be like dominating at this stage? I'm sure Bill was like, all right, we trade the old man now, get the value while it's there. Yeah. And up to that point, Jimmy Garoppolo, every time he filled in for Brady, was lights out. Yeah. So like, and it had people I, thinking yeah. Brady was a system, system QB, quarterback. Which is the part. Yeah. <laughs> so that was interesting, but uh, I guess uh, we're gonna get to have to see if who uh, how mad Big Ben is at a Hall of Fame week a couple years from now when everyone is talking about Tom mm-hmm. and he's an afterthought. Oh, it's gonna be awesome! I can't but wait for that. Honestly, Brady retiring at, marked the end of an era of quarterback because no more Eli, no more Peyton, mm-hmm. Drew Brees, Philip Rivers. Ben and Tom, that was like an era of quarterbacks we grew yeah. up with. Yeah, exactly. So that's the last of those guys. So now we're on to this new era where we have, you know, Mahomes and Allen and uh, Burrow and possibly Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, yeah. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's hold off there. We don't know about that one yet. I think he'll be up there, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> that's uh, just a blind optimism. With, yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts, honestly, you know, maybe he's better than Josh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, um, Definitely Tom, more arm strength. I won't say I won't say thank you, but uh, I guess no, no, I, I will say thank you because oh, thank you for he gave us a Super Bowl. <laughs> thank you for um, holding on to the ball just long enough to let Brandon Graham slip in there and strip sack you, and for having the worst hands in the NFL. <laughs> also that, and I will always remember that somehow, some way, Nick Foles outdueled Tom Brady on statistically like a top three day for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That will never make any sense, but boy, am I glad it happened. Yeah. So one, uh, one of the most fun gambling moments too was them in the Atlanta Hawks Super Bowl. That oh comeback God, was yeah. like absolutely electric. Yeah. I remember I was rooting against them, obviously. Yeah. And I that was crazy. I mean, I still to this day don't know why the Falcons didn't just run the fucking ball, but I can't get inside the mind of uh, Dan Quinn. Yeah, that. So then the uh, Seattle Marshawn should have ran. Yeah, yeah. Brady's had some uh, had some luck his way, but he's also had some bad luck as far as like the helmet catch and shit. Yeah. He has but, had a uh, share of it, though. He's had a share of both, but he's had a little bit more of the good luck, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you need a little good luck to hear your way, I guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's it. Greatest football career ever. We probably will never – I don't know. I'll never, I will never say never, but I don't know if we'll ever see someone match what he was able to do as far as winning. But um, on to the next NFL topic, and this one's a little more – I don't know if I'd say serious. Darker. Darker. Yeah. Uh, but Brian Flores has uh, decided to sue the NFL and a couple teams. I know it's the Giants. The Broncos, the I believe, Broncos, and the Dolphins. The Dolphins, yeah. And, Pat, I'm going to let you run with this real fair, quick because you were sending all the, the information in the group chat earlier, so I know that you're very well informed on this one. So this, this entire situation is just fucked up because it, it all started with the fact that Bill Belichick, uh, which – Low key, I think this he did is this on hilarious, purpose. By the way. <laughs> I, I, I hope it wasn't. I hope it wasn't, but I low key think it was because he's probably he's the kind of guy that doesn't let go of a grudge, and he's probably still mad about those two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And he texted his former assistant, the wrong Brian, congratulations on winning the head head coach of the Giants. And Brian Flores responded and was like, 
what do you mean? I mean, I have the interview on Thursday. I have a dinner with them tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, I mean, like, congrats, dude. Like, <laughs> Bill just had no idea what was going on. At yeah. All time, like, bad old man with a phone. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then later in the text, he texted me, he goes, wait, did you mean to talk to Brian Flores or Brian Dabble? And Bill texts back, I think it was like the next day. And it was like, oh shit, I fucked up. That was almost exactly word for word what he said. Yeah. It was, he, I, he, I love how he signed it at the end with the BB. <laughs> yeah. like, like like an old ass like man, like, like back from the 2000s when you had the signature at the bottom of your desk. Yeah. Yeah. He signed it BB and then Flores just responded, thanks Bill. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, but I mean, it, it's, it's funny this to laugh league. about that part. But honestly, just seeing Oh, the situation that, in a hole was not funny. Yeah, not at all. That is funny. That that part very funny. Uh, also very kind of fortuitous, I guess, that it happened um, because it's bringing up a larger issue that obviously is rampant in the NFL. You've seen it with, especially this year, with Gruden and his emails coming out and the Snyder's emails coming out from uh, Washington. But racism and systemic racism in general is very, very rampant in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that really you can see, especially, is that people don't want to put their careers on the line to out this kind of systemic racism. And uh, Brian Flores finally did. And that's a huge step yeah. in the right direction. And that's awesome for him. Cause I did see, you know, the quote from him, like, Oh, you know, God, like gave me the opportunity to you know do what I love and coach football. But like, I got to like make this sacrifice. Basically I might never be able to coach again, but like mm-hmm. someone, basically like someone has to do this. Someone has to say something here. Yeah. So, like, honestly, that's really cool of him. And obviously, it's an issue that definitely needs to be addressed more than it has. Yeah. And the the craziest part, or the best part to me, at least, was that seeing all the players come out in support for him on Twitter. Yeah. And and I'm sitting here, like, talking from a place of privilege, I guess, and stuff like that. But um, I hope the players do more than just, like, tweet. Like, I hope that they, I hope that the players that are rallying around him, like, really, like, put their foot down here. Like, rather than, like, and don't get me wrong, it's awesome, and we don't know what they're going to do. It's awesome to see, you know, a Darius Slay in support or whoever else. I know you said a couple of their tweets, and I can't exactly remember who. But, like, I hope that these players, like, really, like, truly back him and, like, make their voices heard on this and basically don't just tweet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. really stand behind Brian Flores yeah. in this. No, I 100% agree. Um because, I mean, half the shit that was coming out was just ridiculous. Like, yeah, he was I mean, getting paid. He, he was offered $100,000 a game to tank the Dolphins because, realistically, they were probably sitting there thinking, oh, it's a blackhead coach. Nobody will think any different of it if he's losing. Um, so it's just yeah. stuff like that. It's just, like, ridiculous. Because we've seen throughout and, NFL history, black coaches have a shorter leash. Yes, exactly. Like, they – as soon as a losing – Season happens, you know, you're, they're, they get the heads chopped off. Same – like Brian Brian Flores is a perfect example. He mm-hmm. gave the Dolphins two fantastic seasons and they fire yeah. him. Yeah, and he was doing a great job developing players. He was doing a great job building relationships with players. And everything – yeah, everything you hear from that team was how much the players loved him. Yeah, and so, immediately – confusing. And, and then you have like, you know, the Broncos situation where they come to the meeting an hour late or more. Mm-hmm. Hung over and shit. Like, it's, it's just, just disrespectful. So disrespectful. It's just like – it's so blatantly obvious that the Rooney rule doesn't actually work. No. And it's they just, just – Yeah. They just – they only interview Brian Flores to check that off the box. Yeah, literally. Like, like it's it's honestly crazy that like no one actually takes this guy seriously for whatever reason and they only bring him in to interview him so they can say, oh, look, we interviewed a black coach. We we aren't yeah. racist. Nothing, nothing bad is going on over here. Yeah. I like mean, that's – it's a joke that that like 
even has to be a thing. And like, I, I don't, I like, I hate when people that are like opposed to this kind of stuff, like that are on the other side of the argument me and you are making will be like, Oh, like why does there even need to be a rule like that? Like, well, if you're qualified for the job, you'll get the job. It's like, hasn't history shown us that in every aspect of the, this country, even aside from NFL head coach jobs, that is so untrue. Yeah. Like, that is so untrue. You're telling me that I don't know how many how many black coaches are there in the NFL right now. If you're not counting, it was Brian Flores, Brian Flores, and who else? Uh, Texans just fired their head coach. Uh, Steelers. Um, oh, Mike Tomlin. Tomlin. Okay, so Mike Tomlin's the only one. Yep. So like, assuming here, and like I think it's a fair assumption based on what's going on here, the other two coaches that will fill vacancies will probably be white. So like, out of 32 head coaching spots. You're telling me that there is only one man in the world qualified to coach an NFL team that is a black man. Yeah, like, and that's that's a point he made in his in his whole court case in the whole description that, that uh, his lawyers put out was that there's a perfectly good guy named Eric Bieniemy. He has been literally. I think there was there was something like there was 70 vacancies in the past three years that he's been considered for, been considered for, and uh, he hasn't been offered a single yeah, one. Yeah, I never to be got fair. Like, yeah. I never I like dug know. too deep into that one because I never knew yeah. if he wanted to leave Kansas that's, City. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like to be fair, you don't know if he wanted to leave Kansas City. Right. Uh, but also, like as an assistant coach, your goal a lot of times your end goal is to be that head coach. So Dude, like, and I don't want to do this to my own franchise here, but like I think the Eagles did do sturdy. Yes, definitely. I don't think they took him seriously enough. He was extremely well respected mm-hmm. in this locker room as a coach, obviously in the city as a player. And, like, I really think a lot of people in the city were like, hey, you know, we're done with Doug. Like, let's give Deuce a shot. And they they didn't take him seriously. And what did he do? He went right to Detroit. Yeah. Went to, went to be the running backs coach there. And it's just like it's it sucks to see that kind of stuff because he could have been – like, realistically, he should have been the offensive coordinator. At Doug's least, last yeah. Year. Like, once they got – once they didn't have one, and he was like, oh, we're going to do a committee. No, you should have just moved that was, right then and there. That was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from, from a standpoint of, like, that makes no sense just in general for football. And also from a standpoint of, like, you have a perfectly good guy who knows how to run offenses and is respected in your locker room. Like, give him the mm-hmm. – let him run the offense. Yeah. I mean, like, why the hell not take a chance on him? If you're like, going to yeah, take a chance I mean, on a first-year, like, offensive coordinator from somewhere else, why not take a chance on a guy that's exactly. already here? Like you hate to do it, you know. Obviously, there's an example of it in our own city, like how it can, how it can be swayed away from black coaches unfairly. So, it, it's definitely good, and it, it's very brave of Brian the Flores to do what he's doing right now. And obviously, like it's important because it, it'll just go on forever if no one is brave enough to speak up. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I really like we were saying. I really hope the players come, uh, show a lot more support. Than yeah, and I about it. I mean, I even hope, you know, it, it, like obviously I'm, I don't think this is going to be the case, but I hope more like it's not just all black players. I want to see like the white community yeah. in the NFL as, as far as coaches or anyone also stand behind Brian Flores because we, we as in white people, not me because I'm not a head coach in the NFL or a player, but like they, we have the power like obviously here as it's slanted towards them and us. So like it would be nice to see them also back him here because like, Use your privilege for good, basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a very tough topic, very tough to chew yeah. on, especially right it's gonna now. It's going to be interesting but, to see how this all plays out. Yeah. The, the worst part about it is I guarantee that the biggest scandal that comes out of this is going to be the, t- the uh, tanking thing because uh, one of my friends mentioned it earlier, and this is actually a really good point. The NFL is now really getting into betting, and tanking 
could really hurt that the integrity of that. Yeah. So I have a feeling, and it sucks to say, but this is just the way the NFL has been working, and I hope it doesn't work out this way. I have a feeling the biggest thing that's going to come out of this is the Dolphins getting severely punished for tank for attempting to tank. Yeah. But and that like that'll be the takeaway rather than yeah. the, the African American head coach thing. So which is um, like, it's, it's I mean, yeah, I wouldn't dead. be surprised because that affects the the money more. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you uh, could just look at the roster that year, and it's not really hard to figure that one out. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's a bunch of guys that haven't been on a team before, pretty much. Yeah, and especially, like, kind of thrown two into the mix there. Like, I don't know. But <clears throat> best of luck to Brian Flores in this. Like, Yeah, he needs it, we, especially against the NFL. Yeah, I mean, going up against the NFL is not an easy thing to do, and there's going to be – a lot, a lot of people in this country who are going to be against him because mm-hmm. you know we saw that with uh, with the whole. This is, I guess, kind of come from the same cloth as far as an African American fighting for his rights, Colin Kaepernick. Yep. The way that fo- the football community reacted to him. So hopefully, everyone that is in support of Brian Flores, like us, and like people in a higher position of power, they really stand behind him here because he's going to need it. Yeah. So. Best of luck, but uh, from a hard, dark topic yes. <laughs> to a much happier one for us, at least, um, the Sixers, what a game. What a game. The Sixers beat the Grizzlies in a game where Joel Embiid was out with our scheduled rest. Mm-hmm. Of course, the game I decided to go to, the first game I've been in like a year and a half. Yep. You know, no no, no biggie, though, because uh, me, and, me and Rob Madoff, we were talking on Twitter before the game. Uh, like hours before the game, when they first announced Joel was out, and he said, "Oh, the Ma- it's the Maxi show." And Maxie I said, Masterclass. "I said it's always been about Maxi versus Ja." Yep. And Rob said, "Very, very good leadership by Joel and B to to step aside and let the show be on Maxi versus Ja." So, yep. who could have known how just just how right we would have been? I know. I mean, the the best part to me about that game last night was that for almost every play that Ja made at the rim where he did some crazy magic shit, Maxie had another one right in his back pocket. Yeah. Listen, we're going to talk about the Sixers more, but before, like, Ja Morant, he's my favorite non-Sixer. That's part, mostly the reason why I wanted to go to this game specifically. And let me tell you, seeing him live in person did not disappoint because he made some crazy highlight reel plays like the alley-oop, the, the uh, pass behind the back, putting Andre Drummond in a fucking blender under the net with his Euro yeah. steps. But so yeah, he he is just he's special, man. He is like uh, twenty eleven pre ACL D Rose esque, like with his explosiveness, his speed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'll enjoy watching him for a long, long time. Obviously, I'll never root for him against our Sixers. So I was hoping that he didn't make those plays. Yeah. But a part of me was like kind of happy to see him do that kind of stuff in person. But Tyrese Maxey, dude, like you just said, he was there to match a lot of the stuff Ja was doing. Like yeah. From the get-go, Maxi was on. Like he was making plays from the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Like he just—he was phenomenal. Tobias, Tobias, since he heard he might be traded to the Kings, he decided to set to actually play like a Max player. Yeah, play like and, a king. Play, <laughs> play like a king. Yeah, literally. God, I hate you. Uh, but no, I mean this is like the one week I definitely can't send Toby to prison because I mean like. Oh, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> Dude, I mean, he he showed up the past week, just the past week in general. Besides the putback layup, he completely baffledly missed yeah, with like yeah, a minute I mean, and a half left. That was that was just me like, ah, there it is, no clutch gene. He used every ounce of clutch he has ever had in his life on that yeah. Lakers shot last year. I guarantee it. But, oh yeah, uh, that was, that was, that was <laughs> But I mean, he's been playing out of his mind. Maxi obviously 
played out of his mind last night. Big shout out to Biggest, Drummond too, man. Yeah, I mean Drummond has stepped up every time this season. I still that, re- cannot believe that when we made that signing for the veteran minimum, there were people in this fan base who were like upset about it. Andre yeah. Drummond is far and away the best center backing up Joel Embiid we've had since he's been here. It's not yeah. even relatively close. The reason I think a lot of people were up in arms about that is because his defense is usually very lacking compared to a guy like Dwight. But yeah, he's really stepped that up this year. And yeah. like I've said this before on this podcast, like with the whole Dwight thing, like Dwight's defense was fine, like to an extent, like he would foul yeah. out a lot. Yeah, dumb fouls here, dumb fouls there, and like you can't have your backup center fouling out of games. Like it just it, it's dumb. But yeah. with Drummond, man, in a game where Joel didn't play and he started, what do you have? Sixteen points, twenty three rebounds. Uh, a block or two. I don't remember exactly how many, but he's just a beast on the boards and he, he scores, you know, when he doesn't make the tough, tough ass baskets or anything, but he did make one. Uh, I don't know what, how to even explain it where he caught a pass in the air and did like a revert. Like he made it way harder than it had to be. I'll say that, but uh, I think Pat's mic has Need cut bud. out. Oh, sorry. There you go. Thing. But he perfectly in one motion, caught the pass and just put it right in the basket. Yeah. And I'm looking at it. And then Toby had the same opportunity on that put back and he couldn't do it. Watching, and I'm like, I'm like, how much yeah. are we playing each of these guys? Watching <laughs> the drum and play in like in real life, like being there, I was like baffled for a moment. You the whole it. end of the game, like the whole last couple minutes of regular regulation. And then over, over time, the whole thing, I was just like, the, the emotions going through my body were insane. Like I said, this was probably the best Sixers game I've ever been to. It's between that or 2016 when we played the Warriors and we almost beat them. But I give the edge to this because we lost that game. Mm-hmm. But, and I want to bring up something since you mentioned, obviously, uh, overtime and uh, last minutes of regulation, the two-minute reports. Very interesting because as Sixers fans last night, we are sitting there and we're like, the refs are fucking up this game. Like, this sucks. They missed more calls on us. Than they did on the Grizzlies in the last two minutes. Yeah, I mean, the you can make an argument on the last play. Oh yeah, but even it's just like I'm I'm looking at it, and there was two, there was a double dribble and a travel by Ja that they missed. So remember, I don't know if you remember the one shot where Ja hit the clutch, um, the clutch layup or whatever from like uh, in the paint, but he did travel on that one, so that was a little bit of indication. But no, I mean, like there's just left and right, like there's stupid little mistakes, like a three second on Drummond that wasn't called, a foul on Drummond where he fouled Morant. Um, right at the two-minute mark. Uh, where the out-of-bounds call, should, it was actually off Drummond, not Steven Adams, which 100%, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's just stuff like that. And then uh, miss foul on Jaron Jackson Jr. on rebound after that three-point shot. Yeah. Completely, like, the, the refs were just so bad last night. And there, they weren't calling a lot of stuff, too. Like, that's obviously just the last two minutes of the game. But – they weren't calling a lot of stuff for Maxi that they were calling for Morant, which sucks. Yeah, yeah. The refs don't and respect Maxi at all. Yeah, and I know you and my buddy Evan were tweeted back and forth about that, but he he didn't care. He still put up thirty three. No, he like, still won them that game. I know that he missed a free throw down the sh- down like late in the game, but like he didn't shy away from the the moment at all. And like you love yeah. to see that. You love to see your point guard like really embrace the moment and like mm-hmm. really just own it and you know take shots. And yeah. at the bare minimum, take layups. Like, you just love to see stuff like that. Like, <laughs> also, just to, like, quickly get this in before I forget, biggest loser last night was – I don't know if anyone saw this clip. Went 
sort of viral Rob Press tweeted it. The guy playing blackjack. He was a plant. Oh my There's god! There's no yeah. way he, he was a plant. He had that was hilarious. That was utterly insane, and he got booed so bad after that. <laughs> Listen, I thought he was an idiot for hitting, saying "hit me" with a seventeen. He gets lucky, gets a three, and then he's like, "Hit me again." <laughs> I, yeah, for anyone that didn't see it, look up that video. It, utterly insane. It that was planted. There's no and way. I would. Yeah. The, that, well, that, the funny part was they still just gave him the prize after because the guy literally yeah, looked he, at him and he was just like. Okay, and then we're still gonna give you a prize back. Yeah, dude. Franklin, Franklin in the graphic looked at him like, "Are you sure?" (laughs) That's what makes me think it was definitely a play because that 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 looks kind of pre-recorded. Yeah, exactly. They're all pre-recorded. All right. Well, sorry, Taylor. I don't fucking look in depth (laughs) on this shit. I'm not an expert on in-between games. I'm (laughs) just like Franklin's not like with the green screen in the Parks Casino. (laughs) You never know. I mean, they have a full (laughs) studio in the in. They have the full NBC Sports studio. What happened to Christian Crosby, by the way? Is he is he gone? The guy that used to oh yeah he's like been the, gone. the arena host. I didn't even notice that. Dude. Oh yeah, I know you're about. Yeah, he's been gone. I think for a minute. I forget where he yeah, went. I was like, kinda, um, I was shocked, but uh, yeah, he was good for the most part, I, from what I remember. Yeah. But um, back to the game. Just like the last two minutes of that uh, game, I th- I thought we were gonna blow it. And I was gonna be mad because I was sitting with my my parents at home before the game, and I was like, oh, we're gonna get smoked. You know, we're playing the yeah. second second best team according to the NBA power rankings in the league without Joel Embiid and like without Joel Embiid this team is typically pretty stinky yeah and uh they just came out and shut me up real quick but I was like damn dude if we really made it a game like this like this close and then we just blow it I'll be I will be upset yeah I mean but that's the nice part it's like you go into a game with no expectations and then that's why it was I'm not gonna say it was the most electric game of the year because the Warriors one was probably the best game of the year, but or, uh, sorry, the best game of the year, but it was the most electric game of the year for me. Yeah, dude, I never would have thought in a million years uh, a game against the Grizzlies without Joel Embiid would be the best game, like one of the best games, or like you said, the most electric game all year, and that I would have been there for it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the last thing I, I was do. so excited. I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see Joel, mm-hmm. and we're gonna get to see the MVP play, and then yeah, literally, no, I, was, but I, was... I ended up still seeing a great game. Yeah, I was literally talking to my friends this week about what tickets we're going to buy in the future for games that are coming up. And I, we're, we're looking at it. We're like, do you think they'll rest Joel this night? Is this team like good enough? Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was, that's I was my whole shocked thought, that he, they didn't rest him against the Kings. Yeah. But I saw someone say they took a page at a Pops book from as far as resting players where, for example, if you rest Joel against the bad team uh, and then you play him against the good team, the Grizzlies – there's a chance you lose both of those games. Yeah, that's true. Because the team without Joel could, would have, I guess in this case, lost to the Kings. And this team without Joel isn't very good, so you could lose to a bad team without him. And then when you bring him back for a game against the second-best team in the NBA, I know we ended up winning, but there is a chance you could also lose that even with him. So what you're saying is that Doc made a call pretty much like Greg Popovich. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I got to put some more respect on Doc's name. I I got so mad at Doc that he got that tech at the end of regulation going into overtime because, like, I just thought it was I, dumb. Like, it's so it's, perfect though. It's, of, it's, of course, it, I've it was come so to typical. That kind of shit. Like, it's just whatever. Dude, and all, honestly, I agreed with him. So that's the part where I was like, ah, whatever. It's, I'm surprised he didn't get teed up earlier in the game, dude. Because like you know, yeah. being there, you get to see more. Yeah. He was. He was walking 
all over the court when he would call timeouts to berate the refs. Mm-hmm. Like all game long, every every timeout, Doc would walk the fucking half court to talk shit. I mean, that's just him at every game I've seen him at. It's it's actually unreal. Like he just does that, and I think it's because he's actually, believe it or not, earned some respect in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes, Taylor, I know. Uh, but no, it's like he's he does that like pretty much. Yeah. You should have seen him at that Hawks game. Oh my god, I would have loved <laughs> to see that. And I think the most electric moment I've ever, the two most electric moments I've ever experienced in Sixers games happened in those two games. I said were the best. This one in the 2016 Warriors. So first was in that game. And that was when Isaiah Cannon had a four-point play to put the Sixers up against mm-hmm. the Warriors, and that was the uh, the Fargo Center was electric when that happened. And then you know Harrison Barnes sucked all the energy out a couple minutes later. Yep. Uh, and then two was when Maxi caught that caught the ball from Thibault throwing it back in, and then tremendous out. play by the way by Thibault. Like <sighs> yeah, honestly, very fan- heads up, like- very fantastic. And then you know Maxi getting it, putting it up, scoring before the time ends, and then very. Very AI esque, you know, going into the crowd and yeah. celebrating and like, dude, like I don't want to like be the whole do the whole like shtick of like, oh, you know, Ben Simmons stinks, blah blah blah. But like, it's like very night and day, like how different they are. Like, I think like Tyrese Maxey's personality is going to be embraced and has been embraced already so much more because like because of stuff like that. Yeah. And like you know, you see like the video of him like in the post game presser where like he's singing the song and shit like that, like. He just has a bubbly personality. Like, mm-hmm. I know that sounds so corny, but, like, you just want to love him. And, like, yes. he backs it up on the court. And, like, yeah. one thing I did want to mention since we're talking about Ben is I feel like every time Maxi has himself a game, a clutch report comes out. Something Very f- weird, too, right? Yeah, like- of, of course. <laughs> so, But, like, today it was, oh, Ben Simmons is mad at Joel Embiid for calling him out. And the, after the Hawks series, but Ben never called out Joel after the Raptors series in 2019. And it's like, dude, do you not like understand the differences night and day? You didn't have to call Joel out because anytime Joel has made a mistake, and especially in that series, he wears that shit on his chest. He owns up to it every single time. And you have never done that. And also with that Raptors series, which is hilarious. Ben averaged 11 points, uh, five rebounds, five or six rebounds and like 4.3 assists. And on top of that, uh, Joel on the court was a historic, historic plus. And when he was off the court, it was a historic minus. Yeah. So how the fuck is and, that yeah. his fault? And like the only, I guess the only thing you could even say was like a negative for Joel was you know he was out of shape and the backup yeah. center happened to be Greg Monroe, so he had to play a lot of minutes, which sucks. But like he took credit for that, and look what he did. He changed. Yeah. He is now in the best shape he's ever been in for the last two years. He's played at MVP level. Mm-hmm. And, like, every year you've had the same issue in the offseason, Ben, and you've never fixed it. Yep. You don't take any accountability. Yep. So, like, how can you equate the two situations? You literally can't, and that's why it actually blows my mind that Clucks have put that whole thing yeah, out. They do it every time Maxi has a great, has a good game. It's which it's, is again so weird because that's another one of their clients. It's like right. you're almost trying to steal a spotlight from one of your clients. It's, it, it's, it doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense. And I actually just I forgot about that. So you said that that he was even a Clutch client. Yeah. Like you're you're cucking one of your own guys. For yep. Ben Simmons, like, dude, I don't know. Like, I know I've said this on this podcast before, and obviously he's going to find a new home or a team when we trade him and stuff like that. How is this man ever going to be respected in the NBA again? I how? Legitimately how? Don't think he ever will. I mean, how especially will, after the way Shaq yeah. laid into him the other night. Like, how are the players that have to play with him ever going to truly respect him after what he's doing right now? And, like, let's just call it what it is. I know that there's some people that disagree with this. He, he literally just tried to weaponize mental health 
and yeah. use it as a way to get paid while staying home and doing nothing. Yep. And like, and like, that's very, it, it discredits a lot of what's been going on in sports this year with guys like Calvin Ridley and Lane Johnson, who've brought a lot of uh, attention to mental health and sports. When you have a guy like Ben Simmons, who's like just clearly making it up and using it like as a mm-hmm. weapon. So like, it's just, I, I can't wait till he's gone. And obviously at this point it might be past the deadline and we're not even going to get into that today. Cause nothing's really happened. You know, maybe hard wants to come here. Maybe not, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I don't care when, as long as we make the best deal. I'm cool with that. I just can't wait. I wish I could fast forward to the day that he is gone, and I never have to think about this man again. Yes, and I, also the greatest thing the Sixers could ever do this year is win a cra- win a uh, chip out of spite. Just oh, absolutely! Like, <laughs> and then you know, send send him a ring. No, I don't even care. Let, no, let no, him no, have no, what? No, what do you think no, he's no, ever going to no, wear no. that ring? You're going to no, think no, he's no, going to no, no. that ring? No, you send him a ring pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll hand deliver it myself. I swear. Yeah, you send him a ring pop. But uh, as we as we round out an hour about here, we have uh, one thing to announce. We Flyers. are going to st- oh. oh yeah, the Flyers <laughs> are winning. They, hey, they broke the streak. If only oh, they no. could have done it when I was in the building. But um, <laughs> no, on a serious note, um, we have me and Seamus had been trying out. <laughs> on a serious um, note, my God, because yeah, no, the Flyers are a joke. <laughs> but no, <laughs> me and Seamus had previously been trying out Instagram Live to get some content out to you guys like throughout the week when like you know something newsworthy happens or just in general so that you see more of our content. But uh, I think I've realized in the last couple of weeks that we're going to move that over to Twitter spaces because it's just more easily accessible. It's kind of like a podcast because you can, you know, close out of the app and do whatever you want when you listen. But um, we're going to launch that. Uh, I think what, what day do we say we're going to do? Maybe Thursday. Thursdays. We're yeah. We're going to start doing probably Thursdays around nine 30. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be re- rebranding it to uh, from the nosebleeds after dark, after dark, it's not going to be the horny hour. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, it might be one episode. No, it might no. be. Taylor's going to have to tune in too. I know that for a fact. But uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if you're listening, you follow our uh, Twitter, but it's at nosebleeds PHL. And uh, like I said, we'll just be, you know, bringing you guys some content throughout the week for, you know, just for shits and giggles or maybe something interesting happens, you know, maybe we'll, we'll bring on guests, you know, we'll open it up to, you know, questions if people are listening and like things that you're thinking about in Philly sports or maybe just like an interesting question or something, you know, make it like a little bit more interactive since, you know, we're not a, we're a podcast and we don't have like callers and shit. Like maybe we can, you know, use that platform as a way to let the listeners interact with us. Cause that's and what it's also, all about. And also we just officially made a TikTok today. We don't know what the yeah, fuck we we're going to do with it, but it's, it's there. there. It's, <laughs> it's there. It's got the same handles, the Twitter. So if you are so inclined, go give us a follow. The content there. will come. We content. just don't know right now when yeah. or what it will be. But yep. It'll be there. Point, it's coming. We're going to so, get a, a nice uh, re- uh, renegade dance out of Taylor. I think that's going to be the first <laughs> There we go. We got to get Taylor dancing in the studio. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, Taylor check out, doing a slow dance <laughs> check out our, uh, our Twitter at nosebleeds PHO. You know, we'll tweet out an announcement, a reminder and all that stuff. But, uh, if you're so inclined to uh, listen, you know, you don't have to listen live. You can also listen to a replay. Those will also be posted. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have time, you know, just check us out and uh, we hope to, provide some more great content for you guys Seamus I know you're listening um I love you and I miss you sort of I don't I don't <laughs> but um <laughs> it was nice to it was nice to not have to hear his uh incoherent ramblings about Josh Allen being uh, the best quarterback of all time. A, a 15 minute rant on uh <laughs> Jackson no Jackson Mahomes oh, Jackson oh man yeah um, when, we, he's missing like his like peak episode he could have been like ranting this yeah. whole time about how Brittany and jackson <laughs> suck and how he's so glad to see them gone <laughs> a whole lot less uh jackson mahomes daryl Morey, and josh allen talk this week <laughs> so that's how you know seamus wasn't on the pod but uh hey buddy we miss you so uh 
thank you guys for listening and uh look out for our announcement for twitter spaces and uh we'll see you right back here on the pod next week talk to you later everybody please put a thumb in the air